welcome to the Peace Church Life Change Podcast. Peace Church exists to glorify God and make disciples by helping everyday people experience life change through Christ-centered relationships. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast as we celebrate life change through the ministries of Peace Church. Welcome back to the Peace Church Life Change Podcast. This is episode six. We are here with Jason McDaniel. Uh, Jason is one of our church planners that we are partnering with. We've got a 15-year or so relationship with Jason. He's been one of our missionaries. We got connected to him through Harvey Ham. Mm-hmm. He married Har- Dr. Ham's niece, mm-hmm. and uh, that's how we got connected with him. He was with Every Nation Ministries, was a led a campus ministry at UNC Chapel Hill and also Meredith College. Mm-hmm. And then that grew to you being a regional director for yep. many different colleges and universities. So. Um, we go way back with Jason, but now he's made a shift to church planting. Mm-hmm. So, Jason, man, if you would, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your family just so that we can get to know you a little bit better. Sure, yeah. Um, I grew up in Kinston, North Carolina, uh, very close, just down the road, and uh, did not grow up in a Christian home. But at 17, I had a youth pastor reach out to me uh, out of Tanglewood Church, um, and uh, he invited me to go to a youth conference. I'd never been to anything like that in my life. And uh, that weekend, uh, I kind of joke, I met Jesus and I met my wife. I didn't know she was my wife at the time, but um, Harvey's uh, great niece, uh, Heather, uh, we became really good friends. And it was my senior year of high school. I was so hungry for the Lord uh, that actually anytime I heard of like youth meetings or worship services happening, I would just go. And so actually I came to Peace Church 20 years ago at 18 years old. And uh, came to youth group a few times with uh, Brandon and Aaliyah and mm-hmm. Ham. And so, yeah, it's crazy to think I just thought of that as you were mentioning it. Yeah. But Peace Church has been a part of my very early upbringing in the Lord um, and then much less helping us kind of reach college students with the gospel over the years. So uh, myself and Heather graduated college she went to Meredith College. I went to UNC Chapel Hill. And uh, two, year, two weeks after graduating, we got married. Uh, started our journey into campus ministry, and uh, we now have five kids and live in Durham, North Carolina. So, yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So, you mentioned the uh, campus ministry. So, kind of share with us a little bit about your previous ministry experience, how that's helped you um, to become a church planter and help sure. you with this next step for you. Yeah, absolutely. So, the way we kind of discerned the Lord's call was very similar. Uh, when I was a college student at UNC, um, I really saw the Lord work in my dorms, in my classes. I had a job on campus and just kind of naturally, uh, maybe I didn't know any better, like you're not supposed to share the gospel, but it was just God had done so much in my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was just a natural part of who I was and and just kind of rejoicing the Lord. And I would provoke conversations with people on campus about faith and God and skepticism and questions. And so in a sense, as a college student, I was doing campus ministry but I didn't go to UNC thinking I was doing campus ministry. I thought I was going to be a business major and make a lot of money in life. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, something shifted, though, um, as uh, I began to see God move um, in some of my fellow classmates. Uh, I felt like he was asking me to lay down my career ambitions and my college degree and uh, give my life back into the college campus for a season. Um, I thought maybe two or three years, but it ended up being like 15 years. It was an amazing journey, amazing ride. And uh, we always said, you know, if you, you change the campus, you change the world because there's so many future leaders there. 
uh, college students are coming there to get an education, but but I believe you know God was bringing them there uh, to meet Him and to encounter the gospel and to come into a relationship with Him. And so, um, when I was about to graduate from UNC, it was it was almost like observing all of these students, and not there weren't other campus ministries there, but there definitely weren't enough. And so um, it just felt in a real natural way like somebody needs to do something here, like mm-hmm. to help. And so as we did campus ministry for 15 years, and we, Heather and I, you know, had kids, and I'm coaching peewee league basketball, and we have neighbors, and, and all of a sudden what happened as college students started happening in Durham and Chapel Hill with our peers, and we started having these conversations, and they ask us questions about our marriage or our kids or what we do, mm-hmm. and it just naturally led to the gospel, but uh, there wasn't an outlet and they're not going to come to our undergraduate right. college student gathering. And so uh, probably eight years ago, honestly, when we hit about 30 years old, it just felt like, God, would you have us do something like what we helped birth on campus? Um, would you help us do that, you know, through a church plant? Like, would you call us to do that? Or is that just, you know, a great idea? So, um, yeah, we took some time and, and had a lot of peers and mentors, uh, that started to confirm over the years uh, mm-hmm. a call to plant and um, the reason why we would stay in the triangle and do it and whatnot. And so it was very much a missional call, just like campus ministry was. So, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so you're going to be planting Trinity Life Church in Durham, mm-hmm. North Carolina. So what would you say is the mission and the vision yep. for Trinity Life Church? Yep. So uh, our mission statement is uh, we're a gospel-centered family on mission together with God for his glory and the good of Durham and the Triangle area and the rest of the world. And really, the, the way for that to happen, we, we felt like God gave us that verse in John chapter 17 when Jesus prayed, Father, mm-hmm. let them, my disciples then, and I think that's applicable for us uh, who are his disciples now, he said, let them be one just as you and I are one. And uh, he said, if that's the case, he said two things he promised. He said, one, the world would be convinced that you sent me Jesus. And he said, two, they would be convinced that you love them just like you love me. And um, it kind of hit us, like our core team, as we're thinking through this and praying through it, uh, this seems to be Jesus's like evangelism strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the college campus, and there's a place for this for sure, when you bring in kind of Christian apologists and uh, scientists who are believers or philosophers who are believers, and they come in and they make a case for why it's reasonable to believe in Christianity. Um, it's all well and good, but that's all we would lean into in apologetics. Mm-hmm. But when I look back in 15 years of campus ministry, I think our biggest impact, man, was people coming from a variety of backgrounds, politically, geographically, ethnically, um, different class backgrounds, and the gospel working in, in, in all of them, but, but doing so in such a way where they were more unified in the gospel than they were different natural distinction that, that, mm-hmm. that they come from. And I think other students and even faculty on our campus looked at our group. It was called Every Nation. I mean, it just, it was diverse. Yeah. Like, and we, you know, uh, Heather and I, we are almost as white as you can be. Um, and so it wasn't anything overly intentional we were doing. It was something that God did through the gospel. And so um, we kind of picked up that promise in John 17 and began to ask the question, well, if Jesus promised this is a way for the world to be convinced, unity amongst his people, what could that look like? And so our hope really is um, 
going back to the New Testament model of church, and, and I know we're all aiming for that, right? but leaning into some of the metaphors of the church being like a body, like a human body, you know, where there's this interconnectedness or uh, Paul references, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ, like the, the metaphor of the church being like a family, uh, so much so that when, you know, one person rejoices, we all rejoice, or when one person's going through something hard, we all mourn together with them, you know, and we bear each other's burdens. And um, so our hope is that as we abide in Christ and lean into Him and try to be a unified family together in Him, that God's going to use that to impact uh, the culture around us. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned you've got, obviously you've been serving in the Triangle area for many years. Yeah. So what made you choose Durham? I know yep. at one point Nashville, Tennessee That's was right. sort of on your radar. Sure. So yep. what made you choose Durham over Nashville or, or some other city? Yeah, absolutely. Well, both of those contexts, they're, they're very similar mm-hmm. in that there's massive population growth happening. You know, if you look at any research on uh, what are the fastest growing cities in America, uh, those two areas pop up all the time. And so um, we went through a time of discernment trying to figure out where the Lord was ha- would have us. I think both of them also had college students mm-hmm. and influential college campuses there. And so with our background, we felt like that was part of the way God had prepared us to plant. And at the end of the day, we uh, some natural circumstances. My wife came down with Lyme's disease three and a half years ago, and we got connected to a doctor in Hillsboro uh, who's really been the only one that's been able to help her. Mm-hmm. And then I have a grandfather who uh, who passed away this past summer, but he was in Kinston and his health was debilitating and my mom passed away. And so I'm, I've been his caretaker for a while. And so, um, yeah, there were very natural ways that God anchored us in North Carolina. And so uh, we were at peace about that. Um, and really, we had seen firsthand when we started in campus ministry, I think the overall population of the Triangle was a million people. And then in 15 years, that had doubled to 2 million people. Mm-hmm. And all the projections are pointing to it doubling again in 15 years to 4 million people. And so it just felt like, man, all these people are moving here. And, you know, they're not just transplants from the Bible Belt South. I mean, there are people yeah. from New York and Chicago and Los Angeles and even India and China. They're moving here. Like, And I think, again, like college students, God's bringing them here. Yeah. They think they know the reason, but I think God's bringing them here to get to know Him and, and that there's a a small part that at least we have to play in that. And so, yeah. yeah. And that leads me to the next question is, like, why is church planting so needed today? Mm. So we look, obviously, we're in Wilson, North Carolina. There's yep. churches on every corner. Sure. There's a ton of churches in the Triangle area. Yeah. But I do believe we desperately need more, especially gospel-centered churches. So sure. why is church planting such a need today? Yeah. I would say uh, there's a... Um, a great quote by Hudson Taylor, the great uh, China missionary. He said that the Great Commission is not an opinion to be considered, um, but it's a command to be obeyed. And so I would say church planting is critical because the Great Commission has yet to be fulfilled. And as crazy as it is to think in America like that being the case, the reality is I think even in Wilson, North Carolina and places like where I'm from, Kinston, there are a lot of people who have heard of the gospel. They might know about the gospel, but they don't know the gospel. They might know about Jesus, but they don't know him, you know? And um, I think there's a consensus kind of out there from Tim Keller and other guys Mm -hmm. who have planted churches in really hard-to-reach places where they say church planting is by far the most effective form of evangelism Mm -hmm. for reaching unbelievers. And 
I think a, a church like that is gospel-centered, like Peace Church, that's more established, has an opportunity to reach the lost, but a certain type of the lost, you know? And I think church plants, uh, it's a different model, but I think it reaches a different type of people as well. And so I think God's at work using all kinds of churches. But church plants, in a sense, it's, it's almost like a like a sink or swim scenario. Like you've got to preach the gospel and make disciples yeah. or you don't make it, you right. know? And uh, I think that's what you see the heart behind church planting in the New Testament when you see the apostles and, and early Christians they go into places and they're proclaiming the good news of Jesus. And as a result of new disciples coming from that, new churches form, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's really the heart is not to plant a church and kind of for Christians to play musical chairs and mm -hmm. people are just church hopping and they come to our church now. It's really to impact people who are really far from God with the gospel and see them become disciples and a part of a healthy church community. So yeah. I think church plants play a role in that. Um, in ways that other churches may not be able to. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I'm going to selfishly ask you a question okay. yep. because uh, I, one thing I noticed with church planners, especially the stage that you're in right now, like yep. there is a laser focus yep. of the of the team, the the pastor to be very missional sure. in reaching people. Yeah, how do you maintain that that sort of mindset even after you launch? Yeah, but how about for like churches like a Peace Church? It's been established in its community. Like, sure, how would you challenge us? To, to have that laser focus of living missionally in our community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is something early on it, when we were, you know, we looked at college students as they're going to be future leaders leading somewhere, whether it's education or politics or stay-at-home moms, raising up the next generation, whatever. And um, we wanted to really make sure we were equipping them to think this way, you know, like not just think of Christianity as a consumer mm -hmm. or you go to church kind of for yourself. But really, again, the heart of Matthew 28, the Great Commission, when Jesus says, go and make disciples, uh, there were the disciples who were, their, their eyes were set on the nations, you know. But most Christians throughout the history of the world, they've lived in one set locale all their life. But God's used that to advance the kingdom. And so we try to frame for people, like, when Jesus says go, he did not mean start um, kind of a little Christian ghetto and try yeah. to get people to come to that. It's literally you're going and in your sphere of influence, whatever that might be, um, in Wilson, you know, and, and Harvey, who I know in, as a dentist, you know, like there's impacts that you can make mm -hmm. uh, in your field and with your skill set that God's given you. And there's people that you're going to impact that will never come through the doors of Peace Church, but yeah. they're going to have a conversation with you, you know. Um, and so I think people realizing there's a great book uh, by Tim Keller called Every Good Endeavor. Mm -hmm. And he talks about this um, Old Testament um, promise where God says he, he brings forth the, feet, uh, the, the wheat of the field to his people. And Tim Keller walks through how many things have to take place for wheat to come to people. And he talks about the need for somebody to sow seed, you know, and the need for somebody to fertilize the field and for somebody to de-weed the field and to harvest the field and then to bundle up the wheat and bring that to people. And, and the scripture is saying God's doing that, but he's using all these people to bring that forth, you know? And so I think with what God wants to do in bringing people into life with him, there's all kinds of steps that are involved in that. And all of us as people have a part to play in that. And so I think just helping ourselves get away from the mindset of church as come here and be with mm -hmm. us, but more so 
wherever we're going, Jesus is sending us there for the sake of the Great Commission. And as a result of that, the church grows, right? But there's a place outside the church walls that we need to pray through and think through how God might want to use us uh, to advance his purposes there. Yeah. So, uh, Speaking on that, so we, we call this a life change podcast. One of the things we want to do is we want to celebrate life change. So yeah. as you have lived that way in Durham or maybe someone on your team, like mm-hmm. what's a life change story that you can share yeah. uh, from Trinity Life Church? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's really neat. There's We've done some outreach and whatnot, uh, but as we've just postured ourselves before God and said, Lord, we're here. Like, would you please use us? There's also been some real divine appointments that have happened. And one in particular happened last February, so a little over a year from now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was at a restaurant actually meeting with another pastor. Part of our heart has been to communicate to other pastors. Like, hey, look, we're on the same team. Yes. Like, we're not coming in um, trying to compete or whatnot. And so uh, myself and this pastor were praying together, and our waiter saw it. And uh, when I opened my eyes, the, the waiter had actually um, was standing there, and we stuck up a conversation. He ended up giving me his number, and he said, could we connect sometime? I said, absolutely. So the next week, he and I had lunch, and he started off the conversation. He said, look, just so you know, uh, I am a mess, and most Christians don't know what to do with me. And uh, he begins to tell me his story of growing up in the church and uh, his parents being strong believers, but around 18 years old, uh, he just, you know, uh, completely decided to go another way in his life. And he's 26 at this point. And so he's been in and out of school. Um, he's been uh, struggling with different types of drug addictions. And he's been, he would call himself an alcoholic for six years um, and was not happy with where he had gotten his life, but trying to change it as well. And so um, I told him about what we were doing to try to make an impact in the city and help people. And uh, he said, is there any way I can come? And at first I told him no, because we were just having core team meetings. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he said, is there any way, like, can you please just like let me sit in and worship with you guys or whatever? And so I felt like the Lord, it was unorthodox, but I thought, right. okay, you can come. And so he started coming and eventually we, we went beyond our core team and opened things up. And um, we've been meeting in a public space for the last three, three months now. And so um, we have about 30 people that are like committed core and 30 kids, which is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but about a month ago, this young man stood up in front of uh, everybody who's coming in front of the church as it is now and, and shared his story and basically told everybody he's been sober for 12 months. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, really, what God has done through this community, God's done it, but it's been working through this church plant. Uh, he referred to us as his lifeline, and he thought, yeah. there's no way I would be where I'm at today. And uh, he's got a great job and stabilized his life in so many ways. And so, yeah, that's one story of life change yeah. we've seen already. So. Man, that's awesome. And that's coming on. You just meet with a guy mm. and praying in a restaurant. Yeah. So everybody listening, you're going to eat somewhere. That's right. Just be intentional, even yep. in the everyday things that you're doing, like eating dinner, because you never know who's watching you and who God's leading and impressing upon their hearts. So when yep. Trinity Life Church is going to be launching April Fifth. fifth, yeah. So that's going to be your grand opening as a church. Yeah. So how can we be praying for you as you guys prepare for that day? Yeah. Thank you. Um, I think with our model, you know, we're not trying. We're not going to fail or succeed on one any one given day. <laughs> However, uh, we are taking it as yeah. a chance of Palm Sunday and the Easter season, where unchurched, dechurched people may come if they're invited. And so, God's given us an amazing location right there in the heart of downtown Durham. There's all these condos and apartments mm-hmm. that have been built and are being built. 
And uh, it's mostly young professionals, young families who do not go to church. And so uh, we're sending out mailers and we've got, you know, social media videos we're putting together um, and obviously doing some outreach and word of mouth invites. And so um, we really want the Lord to add people, not just to our church, but to his church through mm-hmm. this, you know. And so we're praying specifically for those who just really don't know him and uh, that he would use our efforts in this launch even to connect them to a, a body of believers where they can come to know him and really grow as well. Um, also, I, w- I would ask that you pray. Some, I know you guys are aware of uh, my wife, Heather, has been battling Lyme's disease, as I said, for over three years now, and she has made a lot of progress. Like God has answered so many prayers. She is probably about 90% well now, mm-hmm. and so uh, we're thankful for that. Like we're not complaining yeah. by any means. Um, but we're hoping for that, that last 10% that she mm-hmm. just gets fully restored to complete health and, uh, in a church plant scenario. And, uh, you know, we have five small kids. And yeah. so that, that it's a, it's a lot when you're, you're both healthy, much less when one of you is sick. And so anyway, if you pray for our church plant efforts, we want to see people come to know Jesus and, uh, for Heather's health to completely be restored. That would be amazing. Yeah. So. Um, what's your, what's your website? So people could just yep. keep in touch with you trinitylifedurham.org all right yeah cool. so well jason thanks man absolutely that, that's uh that's all with that but one thing we like to do with this podcast is give our people a chance just to get to know you okay personally so this is this is fun because you don't know what's coming no the, those you questions have, have no been hidden the whole time these I've questions been have been hidden and i'm gonna flip them over now so okay. i can see them all right all right don't I you try to you. cheat on me okay uh, so my question for you is this you're planting in durham yeah you're a unc grad yeah are you going to become a duke fan since you're in Durham. That would be like asking Paul a Jew if he was going to become a Gentile, to reach the Gentile. He did say it would oh, become gosh. all things to all men. So our colors, actually, Trinity Life Church, uh, are uh, the same blue as Duke University. Some of our core team members who are UNC people have yeah. had a hard time with that. But for the sake of the gospel, we'll do whatever's needed. So yeah. Yeah. We're not as close to that here in Wilson, but we do have a lot of sure. blue blood battles here. Absolutely. Um, Man, other than the job that you have, what job do you think you'd be really good at? I think sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I enjoy, I'm not selling Jesus, but I enjoy <laughs> yeah. provoking yeah. conversations right. and seeing people respond. It's just super life-giving for me. And so uh, one guy actually, uh, I think he, he defined my gift set better than anybody else. And he said, I was, I'm an evangelistic pastor. I'm a pastor at heart, Mm -hmm. but I need to have an evangelistic outlet as I pastor or I'll I'll get bored real quick. And so, yeah, yeah, I think sales. That's cool. Um, If you have free time, what are you binge watching on Netflix? Uh, That's a good question. Um, Netflix, not so much, but I I record PTI, Pardon the Interruption, Uh every day and watch that. And I try to catch up. I don't have time to watch full-blown sporting yeah. events. Yeah. So PTI and SportsCenter are my two mm-hmm. go-tos. So yeah, my wife and I watch This Is Us. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have not gotten into that one yet. I've heard so many people it's talk good. about it. Yeah, it's good. Well, we just got into New Amsterdam. Okay. So, I haven't seen that. But no. We've had a good time with that one. Okay. Uh, are you usually early or late? Early. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. What's something interesting about yourself that most people don't know? I really love being a husband and dad, um, like more than most people know. Mm-hmm. Um, it like when I wake up in the morning, it's super life giving to me just to be with my kids and my wife and have that connect. And so I don't know, I'm, I'm a go getter. I'm busy. Yeah. I'm a task oriented guy, but um, yeah, I, it brings me to tears thinking about. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I just enjoy time with Heather and the kids. So man, that's awesome. Yeah. 
Uh, what book other than the Bible has most impacted you? That's a great question. Um, off the hip, I would say uh, a book called Heaven by mm-hmm. Randy Alcorn. Alcorn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was just life-changing for me because I, I'd, I'd experienced so much of God's grace at 17 and in this life. But whenever I heard people talk about heaven just kind of being like, we'll be angels one day, kind of mm-hmm. floating around, I just felt like, is that yeah. all this leads to? <laughs> yeah. And so just this walkthrough of the Bible and what ultimately heaven and the resurrection is going to be like uh, provided a lot more meaning for me in the here and now. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a good cool. one. Um, what hobby would you get into if time and money were not an issue? Oh, man, what's it called when um, the, the you have these guys with kites on the beach yeah, and they're yeah, jumping? Yeah. What's it called? You know what I'm talking about? Like hang gliding or are you like no, I would do hang, not parasailing, but uh-huh. it's like there's a big kite thing. They're holding on to it, and they've got a surfboard, and the wind's okay, pushing them. Yeah. Man, what's it called? I don't know. That's don't pretty cool. But, but I've seen it. Yeah, I would enjoy that. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. Um, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Probably speed. I'm a runner. I love yeah. running. And so if I could do it faster, yeah. that'd be awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, what's your all-time favorite movie? Shawshank Redemption. That's good. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. All right, last question is this. Who is someone, living or dead, that you would love to sit down with and just have a cup of coffee with and talk to? Probably C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he did such a great job. He's kind of like a Tim Keller type, type in a – in a post-Christian culture, but was able to speak into the culture Mm -hmm. uh, with philosophy and reason in a way that they could hear the gospel afresh again. And so, uh, yeah, I just have a lot of respect for his life and ministry. For sure. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Well, Jason, thanks a lot, man, for sitting down with us and letting us get to know you a little bit. For sure. Hear about Trinity Life Church. So we'll definitely be praying for you as you guys launch April the 5th. Uh, Thank you guys for listening in to the podcast. In two weeks, uh, we'll be with Brian Hughes. He is our worship pastor. So we're going to be hearing about uh, how God's using him as our worship pastor to um, help people experience life change through Christ and relationships. So if you haven't subscribed to us yet, please go and subscribe uh, or give us a review and a rating. We'd love for you to do that for us. So again, Jason, thanks a lot, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Peace Church Life Change Podcast. We hope that you were challenged and encouraged today as you listened. Until next time, Peace Church, you are sent. Let's go make disciples.